Thanks for tuning in to this week's sermon from Oak Hill Church in Humboldt, Iowa. We pray that it helps you to know Christ, grow in Christ, and sow Christ wherever you are. For more information about who we are and what we're doing, go to oakhillhumble.org. Welcome, Oak Hill Church. Uh, we are online today, and many of you have already received an email from us, and you've seen it on our Facebook page, that uh, due to this coronavirus, uh, we've had to put everything on hold. And uh, we're thankful uh, that we can have this um, technology to be able to communicate with you uh, this morning or this afternoon or evening, whenever you're uh, watching this video. Uh, we just want to say a few things. Uh, we know it's been an unprecedented situation for us uh, here in um, this country and having to deal with uh, the ramifications of this uh, COVID-19. And there's no protocol for this. So we're, we're in uncharted uh, waters uh, trying our best to navigate this like you are. And so we recognize uh, there are many different reactions, different emotions that are happening right now. Uh, for yourself, perhaps your family, and we just want to bring those to the Lord and recognize that He is uh, sovereign, He is good, He is working in ways we can't begin to comprehend. I want to share with you just a couple verses uh, as we get going here. Uh, Psalm 112 says this, it says, For the righteous will never be moved, he will be remembered forever. He is not afraid of bad news, his heart is firm, trusting in the Lord. His heart is steady. He will not be afraid. And so we want to steady your hearts uh, today uh, amongst all the uh, amount of information that's swirling around in our minds. We want our hearts to be steady in Jesus today. And so just a few announcements. Uh, the reason why we are canceling today and um, we're, like I said before, kind of uncertain about tomorrow and the future here. But um, some of you have already seen that Governor uh, Reynolds, uh, her statement regarding public gatherings of over 250 people or more, uh, she's recommending that we, we don't meet. And so we want to honor that. Uh, we want to honor our leaders. And out of love for one another, uh, we want to do our best to contain this virus, uh, both nationally and even in our own community. And so we're pushing pause on uh, Sunday morning services for the time being. We'll let you know um, as we uh, hear more in the future and how that might affect us. In terms of Easter services, we're still planning those Easter services. We're looking forward to Good Friday coming up and Easter Sunday. We have three services planned uh, along with that. There's a kind of a continental breakfast in between those services. So we're, Lord willing, planning to still have that coming up. Uh, our Rooted and Ready campaign. Uh, for those of you who are part of Oak Hill family, you know that We've been in the midst of uh, speaking about this Rooted and Ready campaign, along with that, our sermon series uh, devoted to this theme. We as pastors and elders uh, met uh, recently, and we've decided to just push pause on this campaign. Uh, we feel like with all of what's been, all of what's transpired with this uh, current situation, it's wise for us in loving for us just to push pause on the campaign. And so March 29th uh, was our celebration event that's going to be canceled, postponed until a later date. Uh, we'll let you know more about that in the days to come. But we do encourage you uh, to continue to give uh, faithfully. Uh, there are ways you can do that, even online. And so take a look at our website. If you want to set up online giving, uh, for more information on that, just 
click on our website, oakhillhumble.org. Uh, we encourage you to give as the Lord leads to our capital campaign as well. And so stay tuned. Uh, we want to keep updating our website, our Facebook page, uh, emailing you, and making sure that you understand kind of next steps of where we're headed as a church in these uncertain days. Well, I, I wonder if you're uh, asking the question of why. Uh, why is God allowing uh, this coronavirus? And, and what might he be teaching us uh, through, this, through this time, through this situation? I know that some of us, we've wrestled with that question this past week. And I just want to say, I don't know all the reasons why. I do know that, that Satan has one goal, uh, to frustrate us, to, to cause us to panic and be in fear um, and to kind of um, isolate ourselves in a way that would be unhealthy. And then God has a different goal in all of this, and he's sovereign over, over Satan, and he's using this uh, for our good. He has purposes that are beyond us, and he's refining us and shaping us in this time. And I think one thing that I've realized in this whole theme of rooted and ready, originally that theme uh, was born out of this desire that God might do a, a deeper work of grace in our hearts, that we would be a rooted people in the word of Christ. And when I think about that, we would be ready then for whatever comes our way. And, and we didn't know uh, that this coronavirus was coming our way, but, but God did. And so perhaps one of the reasons why he's, he's allowing this to happen is that we would have this slow, uh, purposeful process of growing deeper in our faith in Jesus. I don't know if you've noticed this, but the times where I've grown the most are not the times where I'm most comfortable, but where I'm going through maybe a painful time of, of suffering and heartache. And in those moments, God has a way of growing us deeper in our faith in Jesus. And so I think another perhaps reason for why this is happening is that we would slow down. Um, even with the snow uh, yesterday, I was wanting to get to this message because it was one of those things I had to plan uh, just yesterday. Uh, we kind of switched gears with everything. And I, I looked at the snow outside. I thought, what are, what are you doing, God? I need to prepare. And I just sensed he was telling me, just, just slow down. I, I've got this. I, I'm God. I'm in control. And so he's wanting to do a deeper work in us and to, uh, to get us to slow down. And so if I could choose just one verse then, that would be a means of steadying our hearts in a time where all this information is swirling in our minds, it would be this one from Psalm 46, verse 10. Here's how it goes, and I encourage you to memorize this one, perhaps as a family or individually uh, today and this week. And here's how it goes. Be still, God says. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. And so I want to just take that piece by piece today um, and, and to give you some uh, ways that you can just steady your heart as you meditate on this specific verse. And so God, I think, perhaps is shutting everything down for a reason. He's forcing us to slow down so that we would be still, that we would be still before him. That's the first piece, just to be still. So many of us live lives that are in a hurry. Right? We're so busy, we live life at a frenetic pace, and, and God wants us to say, hey, slow 
down and don't be in such a hurry. Uh, Dallas Willard once wrote that the key to spiritual maturity and emotional maturity is ruthlessly eliminating hurry from our lives. Well, we're being uh, forced to slow down, aren't we? With, with this whole coronavirus uh, happening in our culture today. And so we've got to slow down. We've got to cease striving. That's another translation for this idea of being still. Just to cease striving. I know in Psalm 127, it says, Unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. It is in vain that you rise up early and go late to rest, eating the bread of anxious toil, for he gives to his beloved sleep. And so sometimes we can feel like we're the ones building our lives and, and we're the ones, it's all up to us. We're the ones that we are in control. And God says, no, actually I'm, I'm building this. I'm the one who's, who's driving this. I'm in control. So slow down and be still. He even gives us sleep. You know, we're going to have opportunities probably for, for more naps and perhaps more sleep. And, and that can be actually a means of reminding us of the fact that sleep is a gift of God. And it's to remind us that we are not God, right? We, we can't just keep moving and going and, and running at such a frenetic pace. We've got to slow down and be still. But in this time of, of being still, uh, sometimes through suffering, or at least the prospect of suffering, it reveals what's going on in our hearts. Um, emotions in our, in our hearts that come to the surface and, and reveal themselves uh, through times like this, we're exposed of what we love and what we put our hope in and what our foundation is. And I don't know about you, but there are fears that sometimes can arise. Anxiety can arise in our hearts. Even, even sadness. And, and I realize some of that might be kind of superficial sadness, like the fact that we don't have March Madness, March Sadness. Um, you know, that, that can be part of this. You know, some of you are thinking, man, how many days am I going to go without watching sports? That's, that's one kind of sadness, but I think, I think there's a deeper kind of sadness that has resulted in uh, what we've experienced here over the last week or two and what we might experience in the days to come. And that is this. So many of us have had plans, right? We have had uh, things we're looking forward to on the calendar. I know my, my own daughter was looking forward to her speech contest, her individual state speech contest, and that was already canceled. Something that she was looking forward to, and now she's got to deal with the disappointment of that and, and the sadness that comes with that. Some of you, um, you understand, uh, you, you've made some plans, and, and, and those are coming to a halt. And I just want to say that instead of stuffing those emotions, um, listen to those emotions. Let them come to the surface and realize it's saying something about us and our relationship with God. Our emotions are like lights on, dash, on the dashboard of our lives. And so we need to listen to our emotions and not just kind of suppress them. But in those emotions, and maybe some of you have more of that anger and the frustration. There may even be some of you who have kind of this rising up in you, this judgmental attitude like, what's going on? This is just an overreaction. I mean, why, why can't we get back to normal life? And, and so you're posting things on social media or you're tempted to and, and kind of joking about all of this. And, and whatever kind of emotions you're feeling, I, 
I just want you to examine, examine those, examine your life, and ask yourself the question, am I rooted? Am I rooted and ready for whatever God brings uh, through this whole situation? Um, you know, we say we believe in Jesus, but what's really in our hearts comes out through our words and comes out through our actions in times like this. And so, first of all, we just need to be still. Be still. The second part, it says, be still and know that I am God. Know that I am God. You know, in times of uncertainty, in times of testing, we need to remember three things about God. At least three things. Number one, that God is close. Number two, that God cares. And number three, that God is in control. So let's just take those one at a time. In times of testing and uncertainty, we need to remember that God God is close. In Psalm 46, verse 1, it says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. So God is our safe place when our world seems to be falling apart. He's our refuge, and he is our very present help. He's, he's there for us. He's available at all times. And he's, he's there especially in times of trouble. That word literally means in tight places when we feel like we're surrounded by all sides, on all sides. It's in those times that God is near, that God is very close. And so therefore, it says in verse 2 of Psalm 46, we will not fear. We will not fear because God is near to us. So we don't have to be afraid. No matter what comes our way, God is close. He is very near to us. In Psalm 91, it says, He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, My refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. You know, a shelter and a shadow implies that God is very near to us. He's close. He's protecting us. We're safe in His presence. And in this verse, I don't know if you noticed, the personal pronouns, my. He's my refuge and my fortress and my God. Seems kind of shocking that the psalmist can use this, this possessive way of describing his relationship with God. I mean, we don't do that with our relationships unless we're very close to those we love. For example, I, my kids, I, I can say that's, that's, my, that's my Lily. You know, that's, that's my Emmy. That's my Luke. That's my Harper. And likewise, they will say, that's, that's my dad. And that's a term of intimacy. And so we, we know that, that God is very near. He, he loves us and we can trust him through this time. But not only is God close, God also cares for us. In Psalm 91, 3 and 4, it says, For he will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his pinions and under his wings you will find refuge. I love that image. Under his wings we will find refuge refuge. Pictures God as kind of a, a mother hen, which is a strange image to consider because most of the metaphors for God are masculine, but this one is, is feminine. And we need to remember that God made us in his image, male and female. He created us in his image. And so there's this tenderness of God as he cares for us. He, he loves us deeply. It also carries the idea of safety and security in God's love. You know, sometimes children, uh, they can teach us a lot when it comes to this because they trust. They trust their parents, right? When we provide a safe and secure environment, they sleep well. 
And I think adults, we, we still long for that safety and security. We still long to be embraced by someone stronger and wiser than we are. And so God, God cares for us. And then thirdly, God is in control. He's in control. In the Lord's Prayer, which most of us are familiar with, it says, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Now, when the phrase comes in heaven, it's not to give God's location. No, it's to show that he is sovereign. He's in heaven because he reigns over all things. He is in control, right? He is in control of our lives. He's over us and he loves us and he's working all things for our good. You know, in times like this, in uncertain times, there's a lot of things we don't know, right? We don't know what's coming next. I mean, just this past week, things changed so rapidly. They're just escalated, right? We don't know. There's a lot of things we don't know. But there's one thing we do know. In Romans 8, 28, it says this, And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. And so we know that in all things God is working for our good. All things. Now, it doesn't say all things are good. It says that all things are working together for our good. That's a big difference. This coronavirus, this, this is not good. It's not good. I mean, cancer, it's not good. And yet God is working out everything for our good. And ultimately that good is that we'd be conformed to the image of his son. That we'd one day be like Christ. And so that's the good that he's working towards. And so the psalmist says, Be still and know that I am God. Slow down. Listen to your emotions. And then realize that God is very close, that God is caring for us, and that God is in control. Third piece of this verse he says, I will be exalted. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted. So why is God allowing this virus? What is he teaching us? Well, I think he's teaching us that he will be glorified in all things, at all times. You see, God has a passion for his glory. He has a passion for his glory. Ultimately, everything he does even the things we don't understand, he is doing everything so that he might receive all the glory, that he would be exalted. It says in Isaiah 48, 9 to 11, For my name's sake I defer my anger. For the sake of my praise I restrain it for you, that I may not cut you off. Behold, I have refined you, but not as silver. I have tried you in the furnace of affliction. For my own sake, for my own sake I do it. For how should my name be profaned? My glory I will not give to another. And so God wants to break us of the man-centered world that we live in, right? He wants to break us of how we're fixed on ourselves and our schedules and our plans. Not only does God have a passion for his glory, God, God made us for his glory. And God chose us and loved us for his glory. It says in Ephesians 1, 4-6, Even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love he predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace in which he has blessed us in the beloved. So God saved us for his glory. And God forgives us for his glory. 
Isaiah 43, 25 says, I, I am he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake, and I will not remember your sins. So God forgives us for his glory, and God leads us and guides us for his glory. Psalm 23 says in verse 3, he leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. So he leads us for his glory. And God's plan is to fill the whole earth with his glory. In Habakkuk 2, it says, For the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. That's going to happen one day. The glory of God is going to cover this earth as the waters cover the sea. And then everything we see in Scripture that happens is ultimately for His glory. Romans eleven thirty six 36 says, For from Him and through Him and to Him are all things. To Him be glory forever. So from Him, He's the origin of all things. Through Him, He sustains all things. And to Him, He's the reason for all things. So He, He is the one that deserves all the glory. He will be exalted. And so be still. Know that I am God. I will be exalted. One more piece. I will be exalted among the nations. Among the nations. Among all the people groups of this world. God will be exalted. In Revelation chapter 7, it says, After this I looked, and behold, a great multitude that no one could number from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne, can you imagine? And before the Lamb, clothed in white robes with palm branches in their hands. And they were crying out with a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God, who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. And all the angels were standing around the throne and around the elders and four living creatures, and they fell on their faces before the throne, and they worshipped God saying, Amen, blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever. Amen. God will be exalted one day among all the nations of the world. They will bow before him in worship to him. And that's what we desire. And that's what God is doing, even through this coronavirus. The coronavirus might be spreading throughout the entire globe, but we want to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ throughout the entire globe. We have the antidote. We have the remedy to a bigger problem in our hearts, right? This, this, this sin problem. And we want to share the love of Jesus to our entire world. You know, sometimes we can get into our own little bubbles, and if it doesn't directly affect me, you know, here in humble, then it doesn't really matter, you know, out of sight, out of mind. Today we learned that, that we're having to put hold, uh, push pause on all of this, and, and who knows what it's going to look like in the days to come. And yet even now, we have healthcare professionals, and we're so thankful for all of you who serve in this uh, capacity in our community. Uh, you are working and preparing for what uh, might come into our own community and how we're to be ready for that and have hearts filled with compassion and love and prayer. Um, speaking of prayer, I found this prayer, a prayer for a pandemic. It says this, May we who are merely inconvenienced remember those whose lives are at stake. May we who have no risk factors remember those most vulnerable. May we who have the luxury of working from home remember those who must choose between preserving their health or making their rent. May we who have the flexibility to care for our children when their schools close remember those that have no options. May we who have had to cancel our trips remember those who have no safe place to go. 
May we who are losing our margin money in the tumult of the economic market remember those who have no margin at all. May we who settle in for a quarantine at home remember those who have no home. As fear grips our country, let us choose love during this time when we cannot physically wrap our arms around each other. Let us find ways to be the loving embrace of God to our neighbor. You know, this week I met with uh, Carrie Benjamin and I, I contacted Amanda Paul. They are healthcare professionals in this area. I know there are many of you who serve in this capacity in our community. And uh, I just want to say thank you to all of you and we're praying for you in this time. But Carrie said this, we need to anticipate all of this coming our way and to be ready and to have uh, compassion to take this seriously uh, and to be ready to, to help the elderly specifically who may need um, to get groceries and, and they don't want to put themselves perhaps in a position where they're surrounded by a lot of people. We need to be ready to run any errands for them and for those who have um, families with working moms and dads if, if children are at home in the coming days. We need to be ready to be the hands and feet of Jesus. I love what Scott Saul says. He says, in a time like this, in a time like now, Christian neighboring looks less like fearful self-preservation and more like servanthood toward the elderly, toward the elderly, those with HIV or no health care, fatigued and under-resourced health care workers, etc. He says, wash hands for sure, then wash feet. Wash your hands for sure, but then go and wash feet. Love people like Jesus loved you. And so in conclusion today, be still, be still, and know that I am God. God says to you, be still, slow down, listen to your emotions. Know that I am God. I care for you. I'm close to you, and I'm in control of all of this. And I am going to be exalted. I will be exalted among all the nations. God has a passion for his glory. He is working all this out for our good and for his glory. And so let's, let's, welcome, let's welcome God's deeper work in our hearts through all of this. Let's, let's allow him to show his love and compassion through us. And let's be rooted and ready for whatever tomorrow brings. Let's pray together. Our Father in heaven, we acknowledge that we are dependent upon you. In times like this, we understand that, that we don't know the future. It's so uncertain. And forgive us for living lives where we think we're in control. We bow before you as the as the one who is sovereign over this world in our individual lives. And we pray that in Jesus' name, you would have mercy upon those right now in this nation, in this world who are suffering with this virus. And you would bring healing, Father, that you would eliminate this virus, that you would come with a vaccine soon. And Father, we pray for all those healthcare professionals that you would give them grace and strength and, and wisdom during this time. God, we, we pray that um, in this broken, fallen world, that we would put our hope in Jesus. We would not be afraid, but our hearts would be steady as we trust in the Lord together. Father, we're thankful that we rest in your sovereign hands. And we pray that in these coming days with our families, as we gather together, uh, that we would spend less time isolated on our phones and more time uh, together seeking you. 
Father, do a work in our hearts, do a work in this nation, do a work all over this world that you might be exalted, Jesus, in all of this. God, help us to be still and know that you are God and that you will be exalted among the nations. You will be exalted in all the earth. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.